I thought I heard a podcast. It's Tweety Bird, and you're listening to This Means Podcast. Oh, look out for that cat Sylvester. He'll get you. Are you ready, eager young space cadet? Meep, meep. I Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Hello and welcome to Of Course You Realize This Means Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Graves, aka The Dark Pilgrim on Twitter. And with me today is a fellow gamer, and I mean, it's in your name, and enthusiast for Looney Tunes. Thank you for coming on the show, Unstable Gamer. That is Unstable Gamer, one word and a three instead of an E in gamer. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you for uh, inviting me. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to have you on. We've been talking about getting you on for a little bit. We are in the same Discord channel for the Looney Tunes World of Mayhem gaming uh, community and yeah. because we both play because we're both maestros of content well what was the actual name of it maestros of mayhem maestros of mayhem <laughs> makes sense and so we have been in communication for about a year now um, as i'm coming up to a year and some change of doing the podcast and you are reaching your 200th episode I am. Yeah, we just had that the this last uh, just this last week. And congratulations on your one year. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. And congratulations on your longevity of doing these gaming playthroughs and reviews for fans. Well, thank you. It's 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 been awesome, and it's a lot of fun. And it's really the fans that that keep me going. So yeah, completely the same. I love giving that love back to the fans and and celebrating these characters. And yeah. it all stems from our childhoods and growing up with Looney Tunes and watching them on Saturday mornings and just that all around feeling of laughter and community and just wonder of animation. Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, talking about something that we love, that we grew up with, with other people, not just, you know, I've, I've talked with, with people my age and even older remembering this, but then also... Uh, a lot of people younger than me and who are all very interested in Looney Tunes as well. So just being able to interact and talk with the community about, about something we all love has been absolutely awesome and amazing. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's, I mean, Looney Tunes have been around for so long, but they transcend time. I mean, they're always funny. They're always relevant in some way. And there's always something to talk about within that world, within yeah. that franchise. So it's been, it's been an honor to be a part of that conversation and to keep it going. And I'm sure that you feel the same way, but I wanted the audience to know a bit more about your channel. So do you want to describe what you do on YouTube? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, my channel, Unstable Gamer, is uh, really focused on mobile gaming as a whole. Uh, I do a little bit of different stuff here, but um, the one game that has been consistent on that channel since, since the game launched has been Looney Tunes because I've had so much awesome. fun with the game. I've had so much fun with the content that is coming out. It's actually the longest mobile game I've ever played, uh, which I don't, for me tells me something, you know, yeah, but it's same. not, huh? Same. I played a few before Looney Tunes and I dropped off like six months in or eight yeah. months in. Like I never got a year into it. 
right. yeah, this one definitely has kept me in, involved and it, interested. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, it, it's a couple of things that keep me interested in it, right? I like the content and stuff, but I like the original artwork that's in there that, mm-hmm. that, that really brings me back to when I was watching this, like you and I were talking about earlier, watching this with Saturday morning cartoons and things like that. So kind of seeing, seeing the original art style you know, of the, of these characters, but also more importantly, I think it's really the community that keeps me going and keeps me interested in this game, asking questions and sharing tips and strategies and stuff. Um, I I have a discord where everybody's kind of in there and, and talking about everything coming up. Sometimes they hear about stuff before I do, but (laughs) it's, it's really that it's, I mean, it's not just the game. The, The game is great. And I think the developers and the community managers have been awesome as well. And that really helps drive me as well. But more importantly, it's just, it, it's the community and their interest in the game and the interactions that we have on stream and in chat and everything. It's just, it, that's what's kept me around for so long. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And that community is so strong and so vocal that it's hard to ignore. Yep. And I think that allows for people to jump on easily and start playing the game or just start having a conversation about, oh, I didn't know this character was in the game. Let's find out more about that. And it's just been fascinating to see what they pull, like what the artists come up with Mm -hmm. and what gets approved for this offshoot that I, I feel like it's, it's gone into such a really niche market because you have tie-ins with comics now and like you can have storylines that the guys in the forties and the women and men that created the shorts back in the day didn't get to do. And Uh the the new ones could be inspired by like the, the, (laughs) the options are endless at this point. Yeah, they don't know. Absolutely. I mean, they've got so much more content that they can pull from too. I mean, people have asked, been asking about uh, space jam characters and things like that. Uh, A lot of their characters come from Looney Tunes shorts you know, so mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, it's just, there's so much content. Like you were saying earlier, it's been around for so long. I, when did it start? Was it like the 50s or something? Looney Tunes? Yeah. So it started with Merry, Mel- Merry Melodies in the 30s. And in the then, 30s. And then transitioned into the Looney Tunes brand in the 40s, yes. Yeah, so there's so much. There's so much content still oh, yeah. left to explore there. Yeah, I'm still waiting on Michigan J. Frog. I know a lot of people out there are. And today's episode is covering a character that isn't even in the cartoons and is an awesome representation of evil Elmer in the Archon Elmer. Yeah. We will get to him. First, we want to go over some Looney Tunes news, which is really exciting. Uh, You mentioned Space Jam. Mm -hmm. And this week, we got a hint of what's to come with the Space Jam toy line. We are now privy to the company that will be producing the toys for Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, Moose Toys, and they specialize in kids uh, merchandise that is flexible and kid-friendly and all of this uh, new material that toys are made of. These toys weren't made of this whenever I was a kid, but like there's like flexible Iron Mans that they've made and like all kinds of weird like goopy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm wondering what the toys are going to look like in this, you know, modern era with uh, this company behind them. I can only imagine that they're going to be for all ages and they're going to be great uh, because we need more merchandise out there for (laughs) Space Jam. I remember having the 
fluffy, like the plush characters in the Toon Squad jerseys. I had Bugs, Daffy, Tweety, Taz, and Porky, I believe, um, and Lola. Did you have any of those early toys when Space Jam came out in 1996? Uh, you know what? I didn't actually. I was, wow, how long ago was that? That was what? That was 14 years ago? 19 years ago. Oh, no, it's not that far. Anyway, my math is, 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 is terrible. <laughs> Don't hold us accountable for math, people. <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately not. I didn't uh, in 96. So I was okay, just no trying worries. to calculate how old I was. But anyway, um, I did. <laughs> Got to pull out some calculus. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my kids, though, I had kids in 96. I had, uh, I, I had my two youngest at that time, and they were, they were a few years old. And um, they had some Looney Tunes toys and stuff like that, but. Nice. Yeah, um, I remember not having the action figures, although I, they made action figures. I'm not sure if that was like later on that they did that, but mm -hmm. whenever the initial film came out, I just remember the McDonald's tie-in yeah. uh, toys and having these plush characters. So I, I'm more than welcome to collect even more Space Jam toys from uh, this company. So we'll, uh, we'll wait and see what they look like when they come out next year. Yeah, that's interesting, that's very cool. Also, we had a leaked pilot, and a lot of people don't know this, but when the Looney Tunes show was pitched, it was slightly different than what we ended up getting. But the idea behind it was taking the characters from the woods, from their homes, and putting them in the city. But they weren't all radicalized into paying bills, living together, being, you know, uh, flatmates, if you will, and worrying about real world issues like dating. <laughs> but this really cool pilot released and you were able to watch that. What did you, what did you think of that uh, or initial concept? You know what? I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, it, it looked like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but so it had your t uh, your typical art style but then it looked like it went into some 3d maybe um i did notice there were some 3d designs um surrounding some of the the backgrounds and like the characters yeah yeah, yeah. so it was kind of it it was interesting to see that but uh i just i don't know i just like the lunacy of it all <laughs> the craziness <laughs> you know you never know what's going to happen and you can always count on wildly coyote falling oh yeah <laughs> you that know so that lunacy that you're talking about, that's what I feel was ultimately on my end missing from that show, but mm -hmm. it was there in the initial concept. Right. So it's really fascinating that I wonder, had we gotten that version, we not, we would not have gotten the Looney Tunes cartoons that we have now because right. it would have transcended, you know, the idea of them just being in a city together and it adding that lunacy to it. But yeah, like Bugs hiding under Daffy as he's, mm -hmm. you know, uh, scared by Elmer's gun and he's, you know, farting in the water. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. his nose. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I thought so too. And that we've never the, seen anything I, like that. Yeah, and the bike, the bike that, that uh, Wiley Coyote put together, it looked like it was propelled by water. Oh, I think you're right. <laughs> you know, so that was yeah, kind of so, funny as well. Who's being being very innovative with uh, modern technology, <laughs> which did play into the Looney Tunes show in those specific shorts, yeah. where it featured Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner. But mm -hmm. I really like this concept, and 
I'm a little bummed we didn't get this in the final version, but I am thankful that we had something that propelled the conversation, kept Looney Tunes in the limelight, if you will, mm-hmm. for a little bit longer and kept the, you know, the pop culture relevancy of the Looney Tunes alive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm always looking for them to come out, to kind of reinvent it and, and move it forward. And it, it, it seems to like it comes and goes, but it's it's always moving and it's always around it's always prevalent somewhere and i just think that culture is awesome yeah same and i know there are a lot of fans of Tunes show and a big shout out to everybody that watched that show growing up or is still watching it on hbo max right now i'm still going through episodes like it's endless there's mm-hmm. so many episodes <laughs> yeah but let's take a trip back to 1948 with another version of the Looney Tunes. This is the classic era. And we're looking at Elmer Fudd and Sylvester the Cat in Back Alley Uproar. This is a classic cartoon that achieved that status by the comedic wit of Michael Maltese and Ted Pierce working together as the writing team and Frizz Freeling directing. So we have, we have Elmer Fudd, who's very tired and trying to get some sleep, while Sylvester, who lives in the alley, starts singing opera tunes and popular songs of the time to just antagonize him. Oh, boy, am I sweepy. I could sweep for a week's wait. escalates and escalates and it's so funny what did you think about the short and does it bring back some really fun memories oh my gosh it does especially when you see um sylvester just stomping right he's got boots on and he's stomping <laughs> as loud as he can <laughs> down those stairs to get elmer to come down there and then when Elmer finally gets down there, he, he runs across those tacks at the bottom of the stairs. I love this. Yes, it, it's a great visual where Sylvester uses boots to antagonize him to go downstairs because that's where the noise is. Yeah. And he has greased the stairs, placed tacks at the bottom of the stairs, and Elmer just like haphazardly like trips and falls and like has this really crazy stumble which i'm sure was animated by virgil ross the great the late great virgil ross and this animation is fantastic it's hilarious anytime yeah. i watch it, i laugh <laughs> and this gag plays out where he goes all the way down with a golf club sees that Sylvester is there and then he goes back up through the tacks up the stairs tripping and everything again to get his shotgun and then comes back (laughs) over the tacks and everything (laughs) and it's just this hilarious visual of you know lunacy that the Looney Tunes are known for and it's just so funny yeah yeah and the way they ended it I thought was pretty awesome too you got him singing out there you got Sylvester singing out there on this trash heap some Sunday morning is going to be 
And then <laughs> Elmer's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finally stick it to him and put some dynamite behind him, right? And then Huh? Oh well. At least now I can get some West relaxation. And then you end it with uh, with him uh, on a cloud of, with wings and a halo, right? Exactly. And Elmer is ascending after blowing himself up with dynamite on accident because he just he barely like nicks the match and it just explodes on him. Yep. And it's you know he finally go he goes I can finally have some West and relaxation. And then Sylvester, you know, life number five comes up and all of his lives follow and they're all harmonizing around him. And he just he loses his mind again and he jumps off the cloud. I guess he was a sailing and, and floating up to heaven, uh, but he chose to go to hell instead. It's very dark. <laughs> <laughs> So some really fun facts about this short are that uh, this is a remake of Frizz Freeling's earlier short, uh, Notes to You, where Porky was in Elmer's position and a cat, I believe it was still Sylvester, was antagonizing him. But the, the really fun part about this and all of the shorts that they remade from the 40s or remade from the 30s into the 40s were that they were tasked with colorizing and updating the the storylines and the jokes from that early era and what we got was a new take on what makes this funny what works about this what doesn't work about this and let's rework it it's really great because the thing that raises this cartoon to the level of classic is the inspiration that surrounds the reused material and it's within that where you find this really great moment that it had me in stitches where Sylvester is just going to town on singing the, the most like, random song and Elmer coming up with the shotgun and then it transitions into Sylvester runs away and a poof there's a cloud and appearing where he was is a golden tabby and this voice of Gloria Caron uh, starts singing. because it takes what you believe is going to happen and it turns it on its head but also elevates it and then the tabby is the one that elmer goes after and it's just it it escalated it to a, a part of culture that was like i didn't see that coming and it was so satisfying to to receive you know and uh it's, it's just within those ideas that we don't we don't really get anymore in this form you know like yeah. short form animation that is so witty and so classic that it keeps you on your toes yeah definitely and they put in and, and they pack so much entertainment in in such a small time frame a short time frame 
yeah um, they they definitely maximize the amount of entertainment there and i think that's awesome i really wish sylvester sang more uh he doesn't have a whole lot of singing opportunities whenever he's chasing tweety but oh, yeah. he has a really good i mean mel mel blank did a really good job singing for sylvester's voice uh-huh. which I, I think sylvester is the closest to mel's actual voice so it makes sense but i really enjoyed the way that he belted out those tunes mm-hmm. yeah it was a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> um cool so Next, we have a really fun short. Um, oh, we're talking about Elmer specifically because he is the focus of the next character or the character that recently was released in the game, the Archon Elmer. And this is the, the Lex Luthor version of Evil Elmer. And so if he was to go on a trajectory, let's say, of what made him so evil, I would say Sylvester keeping him up from sleep <laughs> would definitely be a part of that. Yeah, and, I think so. <laughs> and then, you know, everything else that happened to him along the way. I mean, Bugs always gets the best of him. Daffy gets the best of him. And he is always outwitted. And I feel like anybody that is, you know, just trying to either make a living or get some food with your hunting, uh, it would turn you crazy if you could never accomplish your goal and it would make you evil. So yeah. <laughs> that is that is tra- the trajectory that we're on. Um, but I wanted to highlight that classic short because it's a classic and amazing and highly worth checking out. It's on HBO Max with all the other Looney Tunes catalog uh, that is currently up there. But I also wanted to pinpoint when Elmer was in space. In a time and space divide But how would the universe survive? The one half century. He was in space in the Duck Dodger series. Oh yeah. I love this series. I feel it's very underrated and I, f- I feel like HBO Max is doing them th- themselves a disservice because they have all of these episodes that are not on the platform. So mm-hmm. please, Warner Brothers, if you're listening, please put Duck Dodgers on the platform because I know a lot of people are going to love this show. And I don't know if it was, I didn't have it or I wasn't interested in the era that it was out. I, it was only from 2003 to 2005. So it was very short lived, but they mm-hmm. produced a lot of good content. And the one that we're talking about is called The FUD. And this episode from season two and 2004 uh, is one of the, the, exa- the prime examples of when parody works and you have a character like Elmer Fudd that they are able to transform into a very evil threat in that they have mixed the idea of becoming Elmer Fudd with the Borg from Star Trek, The Next Generation. And I love that (laughs) idea. So I'll uh, I'll just go over a quick synopsis. Um, An alien artifact scourge strikes members of the Protectorate. It's a ship in the Duck Dodgers world. And it starts turning the passengers into Elmers. Their faces change and they all start with that classic laugh. (laughs) 
The funny thing is it leaves only Duck Dodgers, Space Cadet, and Marvin the Martian untouched. So it's up to those three to save the world, essentially. And it's so great that this episode starts off just like the original Jones short of Duck Dodgers, where it's Duck Dodgers versus Marvin on an off-world planet, and they're fighting over the planet. Like, who gets to take this? And there's, there's a really great gag where Duck Dodgers is given a treaty. Or Space Cadet goes, Marvin actually is entitled to this planet. Read this. And Duck Dodgers takes the paper, and in his inner monologue, he goes, if I look at this long enough, maybe they'll think I'm reading and then it goes into inner uh inner monologues of the other characters and space cadet goes i don't think he's actually reading it (laughs) (laughs) and marvin goes i should blast him um it's it's really funny and this short is just a a prime example of how to use parody in your advantage in a sci-fi setting and it works with these characters. These characters are so malleable. You can put them in any situation and they will come out on top and in a super comedic fashion. Yeah. So this was written and directed by Spike Brandt and Tony Cervoni. This also was written by Tom Minton and Paul Dini. I've talked about Paul Dini on this podcast so many times. I feel like he comes up every episode. Maybe <laughs> one day I'll get him on the, on the podcast. I don't know. One could hope. But his work around these characters, like he knows these characters, I feel. And anytime that he's involved or Tony Cervoni is involved, I feel like they're, they're in good hands, you know? Like it's a comfort thing. Mm-hmm. So Duck Dodgers, voiced by Joe Alasky, Bob Bergen does Space Cadet, Richard McGonigal does Dr. IQ, Tia Carrera does Queen Tahirami, Billy West does The Mother Fudd, which is a hilarious take on Elmer Fudd, and Billy West nails that voice from Arthur Q. Bryan's original, and it's just hilarious. Uh, John O'Hurley does Captain Star Johnson, and last but not least, Michael Dorn does The Martian Centurion. This is just a overall really fun short, I mean episode, it's, it's an episode, it's like uh, 20 minutes long. And it's so yeah. funny. It's it's so packed with jokes, with references. There's a Wizard of Oz reference, and Duck Dodgers makes a break of the fourth wall to say, "Oh, it's it's, it's okay. It's not copyright. It's it's not a copyright uh, infringement <laughs> because Warner Brothers owns both." <laughs> it's so good and it's so jam packed. I, I love the the way that this series came about, and I wish it lasted longer than just two years. Um, but maybe we'll get Duck Dodgers in the Looney Tunes cartoon. It's one could hope. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. I like the uh, the animation they used for this short. Um, I thought they did really well with it. You know who Elmer reminds me of in here? Because um, you're talking about parodies and such. Yeah. But he reminds me of MODOK. Oh, from you're right. The Marvel, the Marvel Universe. Universe, yeah. Yep. That would be hilarious if that was actually part of the inspiration. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And, and Duck Dodgers, you know, he's been, he as a Looney Tunes character, he's always been my favorite. It reminded me of, uh, you know, going back again when I was growing up. Uh, do you remember the show Buck Rogers? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yep, so that's that's kind of why I liked, liked, uh, <laughs> liked Duck Rogers, Dodgers so much, is just because it reminded me of that. Plus, you know, I was always into sci-fi and everything when I was younger, so it was always fun 
to watch that. I think the, one of the funny parts of this short was when um, Space Cadet was tap dancing on Elmer's head. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. I mean, anytime anyone's tap dancing, it's a laugh. Yeah. It's a riot. And yeah, I, I, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head. Definitely. This is uh, definitely reminiscent of Buck Rogers. I know the character Doug Dodgers is a parody of Buck Rogers mm-hmm. and that's what Chuck Jones was going off of. Yeah. And they doubled down on that idea with this series and they just kept it relevant. They kept it, you know, so fresh, so interesting. And I, I really hope that it, gets uploaded to HBO Max because I want to binge this entire series. I've only seen a handful of episodes at this point. I did a New Year's Eve show around Duck Dodgers because it was Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century. And this is the new century (laughs) idea. Um, I mean, in a decade since. Um, But yeah, if if you uh, want more Duck Dodgers conversation, go check that out with me and Danny Avila from the beginning of this year. But now moving on to the world of mayhem this is where we have elmer take on the evil persona of archon elmer and in the game he's a supervillain, which makes sense i mean we've already had two heroes introduced not counting doug dodgers but recently we had super rabbit and the flame and succotash which mm-hmm. is sylvester jr and his alter ego in the heroic world so it would only make sense that we have more villains. And we also had the Star Pharaoh Marvin, uh, I've, as I remember, and yep. he was also a supervillain. So this is a really great team up if you have Marvin and Elmer here. Yeah, yeah, and they're both they're both a lot of fun. Ar- um, Archon. Uh, Star Pharaoh Marvin has been one of my favorite characters to play in the game for a while but when they came out with Archon you know reminiscent of Lex Luthor and his green power suit and everything was very cool how they drew him and uh, putting those two together actually works works pretty well it's it's a pretty fun combination between those two yeah and I love that new aspect that they added to the game where you have similar character storylines that intersect Mm -hmm. and if you have those characters in your selections they build on each other and they become more powerful yeah and i love that idea and i love that it's these two characters of marvin and elmer that are teaming up i really hope that you know this inspires shorts later on because i feel like that would be so fun oh yeah definitely and i also want to shout out the animation on star pharaoh marvin because that animation is phenomenal isn't it yeah it really is it's so good. And I imagine Archon Elmer was given the same. And I, I can't wait to see him in motion as well. So Archon Elmer is an epic character. He's a defender uh, and a mastermind. Uh, his region is the space region. And his tune building is the star pyramid. Makes sense. Yep. His design story reads as follows. Supervillain Archon Elmer has teamed up with Star Pharaoh Marvin in their mutual struggle against the hero Super Rabbit. Having traded his camo for Starplate, Elmer constructed an astral defense grid around mastermind-controlled space. His wabbit season for the galaxy and this FUD's hunting rifle would destroy the Earth itself. That's really fun. (laughs) Uh, His skill set includes the gravity gauntlet, astral defense grid, planet piercer, 
Starplate, and Cosmic Pulse. Yeah, like overall, I'm really excited about this character. His design is amazing. I mean, did you have any notes on his design? It's just it's so phenomenal. Yeah, I, you know, I really like kind of how, how they implemented him. Just kind of looking at his, I'm, I'm looking at his artwork and stuff again in, in, in the game and just kind of his abilities, how they synergize with um, with uh, Starfarrow Marvin too. So, you know, he's a defender, right? But he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't have the ability to taunt um, like your typical defender would to, you know, you have an attack or you have an ability that, that, engages the taunt this one here instead um, whenever an attacker attacks he gains that taunt so he intercepts that those attacks that would go to anybody else on his team and with with star pharaoh marvin there he's star pharaoh marvin's a little squishy right you can burn down his health pretty quick and it takes yeah. him just a little bit of time to build up his his buffs to make his attack stronger so if you got somebody going after or an attacker going after um, Star Pharaoh Marvin, then you got um, Archon Elmer there that'll intercept that because he'll get that taunt right away. So it kind of forces the opponent to strategize a little bit more and use more support and and defenders to go after Star Pharaoh. But that's why I kind of see Archon as kind of an off tank, right? So you have a tank where you can engage a taunt and then you have an off tank to kind of help uh, intercept some of that damage there. I just, what they put into him and how they put his kit together and everything, I just thought, uh, they did really well with. I'm having quite a bit of fun with him. Um, so he's also has uh, he also has an attack up ability that works pretty well in the in the game as well. I'm sorry, an attack down ability. Nice. So it was just uh, it it was cool to see it uh, once we got the information that he was coming. We knew ahead of time he was coming because he was in he was in one of those those teams that the devs had put together said hey this character here i think it was canine uh here's a list of characters that would go well with canine and archon mm. elmer was in there before we even knew anything about him so we had a little bit of a hint that he was coming and we just didn't know what he was all about i love that they do that i love that they hint little things in like random places for us to find yeah but yeah i mean obviously i haven't unlocked him yet but i cannot wait for this character to join my team like he looks so fun and i can't imagine him, you know, working with Starfire, Star Pharaoh Marvin in that way of intercepting those taunts and like exactly what you're saying, like mm -hmm. building up the team and making it more powerful and, you know, crushing the enemies. Yep. Yeah. And I think the space team, again, being a Duck Dodgers fan and everything, right? And, and space, I've been really waiting for yeah. them to come out with a good space team. And yeah. it's, it's taking them a while. I mean, there's a ton of characters, space characters in there. But um, but until Star Pharaoh came out and now Archon, uh, I can really see and Canine. I think Canine, Canine's a, a pretty decent character. But mm. Archon synergizes so well with Masterminds, so yep. it kind of allows for a bunch of different types of teams that you can put together. You don't have to stay strictly space. But I've been waiting for some really cool space teams to come out, and it was cool to see Archon come out. What do you think they need? Do you, do you think they need another attacker, a defender, somebody that helps with healing? Yeah, I um, I think what do you need? I think for me, I'd like to see another a, a really cool healer. I mean, we yeah. have a healer in Space Cadet. Mm -hmm. Um, what else? He's strong too. Space Cadet's pretty strong too. He actually has a taunt as well um, that pops up, which I think is pretty cool. But uh, let me double check really quick. So while you're checking for that, I have the game pulled up and I love this campaign. It's called Global Assertion and there are four quadrants. Uh, one is creating a plan, 
The next one is Gathering Resources, Gain Control, and then Inferno Campaign. And they're all leading to gaining these crystals that will then later you can use them to get the pieces for Archon and unlock him in the game. Uh, but the crystals are even like kryptonite <laughs> looking. So yeah. they're, they're a really cool graphic. And I just, I love all the details. The attention to detail in the game makes it so fun. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why it is, um, I, I think that's why it's so engaging and, and why I get so engrossed in it and why I've been playing it so long is just the world that the developers and everybody are building. Yeah. And, and you can tell they care about the IP. They care about um, what they put out there because, I mean, this stuff's not easy. No. And, um, <laughs> and to just, to see what they come out with, I think it's just absolutely awesome. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I cannot wait to see, you know, what this character does once I unlock him on my team. I cannot wait mm. to see what other characters they release in this arena or that build from this storyline. I think that's really exciting. And yep. just overall, I, I really love what they're doing in this space, in this gaming space. And I've always been a fan of RPGs. You put Looney Tunes in an RPG space, I'm there. And I mean, yep. I was already there. I was like, died in the wool. Like, you don't have to like sell me on any of this. <laughs> I'm gonna be there. <laughs> but they have gone above and beyond and shown such care for it, for creating these characters, creating these designs and mm. expanding what we already love about the franchise. That is what keeps me coming back. And as you're saying, it's endlessly entertaining. It's always inventive and there's such great passion behind it. And that's yeah. always exciting. Yeah, definitely. Are there any areas in the game that you feel needs some attention or you want more characters to arrive in, uh, such as Summit? Uh, I know I'm always anticipating the next Summit arrival. Um, mm -hmm. Is there an area that you really like that you feel needs more characters? You know, um, if you'd have asked me a, a while ago, I I probably would have said space and summit as well. But recently, I mean, we've got Archon Elmer. We got we also have Frostbane Lola that came from Summit. Yeah, who, she's a blast. She's a lot of fun to play too, right? Yeah. So, and and with the the stuff we have coming up in Looney Tunes, you know, they uh, they uh, talked about the tower that is coming out. So it's going to be a persistent tower that you're climbing floors and stuff like that. That's something that I think really needed to be in the game. Mm -hmm. um, for me, though, as far as kind of what I would like to see change a little bit in, in the game is, number one, I think a, something needs to be done with Arena. It's just a little, it's a little blah. You know, I liked it when we had those thematic arenas that came out that really kind of encouraged you to dive into the other the other regions of your roster to yeah. put teams together and stuff yeah the uh, the lesser played with characters yep yeah yeah and 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 because of that that's also kind of the other thing i would like to see i'd like to see some sort of game mode where you can use your entire roster where you can use your uh where you get matched up based on the power level of that team specifically because i got I got people at the bottom of my roster, right? Where if I put them together, if I put all four of them together, I barely break, I barely break 20,000 for power, uh, power level on the team. Mm -hmm. But if I'm gonna do that, put me up against, match me up against another team that's that's within you know a couple thousand there so that I can battle up against them. Allow me to use my entire roster instead of you know just focusing on a few, floating them up towards the top and then you only use the upper 
the upper portion of your roster, right? Yeah. I want a mode that allows me to use anybody. That makes sense. And I would I would welcome that with open arms as well. I feel like the R&D could definitely use something like that. And yeah. we could, you know, revamp that section a little bit, but definitely there's always room to improve. And there's, you know, so much exciting content that is still yet to be found within this game that they have yeah. structured and came up with. That's what I love about it. It's endless. <laughs> there's there's it, so much potential. Oh yeah, absolutely. And all and 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 you, you got like a flood of ideas coming to me now because I was talking about this earlier on my stream as well. I really want like a raid. I want some sort of raid in the game that you, that the alliance can get behind and and go through like this ultimate alliance challenge. Ooh. I think I think a raid in there would be a lot of fun. And there's something else I just yeah oh oh here it is pvp being able to battle real time and mm. real time battle somebody in your own alliance i think would be absolutely awesome oh, you have yeah. a bunch of games out there of this type that that now do real time pvp mm -hmm. and i think oh my gosh i think that would add a ton to the game well isn't that what arena is supposed to be yeah but arena is not P uh, real time ah okay so yeah. Yeah. You're still playing against the uh, the computer, but yeah. when you get another, when you go up against somebody else who's making, you know, human decisions and choices instead of uh, based on an algorithm or whatever, right? It gets it gets tough and it gets challenging. <laughs> there, yeah, there's another level of of strategy involved for sure. Yep. And I would agree. I mean, PvP is very important, and I think moving forward, they should look into that for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. Over I asked about it. I asked about it. I asked the developers about it and they, uh, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to do. Uh, and I understand that from a, from a coding and everything perspective. And you got different people on maybe different, um, different networks and maybe someone's faster than the other. I get all that, but it's out there. I mean, so many games are doing it. I think, I think they could do it. Yeah. Oh, I think so too. I'm glad that you reached out to them and uh, already put that in their heads. <laughs> Maybe it's like manifesting. <laughs> I, I, I floated the idea of the raid as well. So when R&D uh, first came out, remember we had Monster Tweety in there? Yes. <laughs> so think of this, if we had a raid and we, and we were going, the, the entire alliance was going up against Monster Tweety, right? So basically you go into the raid, Monster Tweety's the boss. And everybody who goes in there would just chip away at this like massive health bar. Oh. And the overall goal, right, would be to obviously beat Monster Tweety. But it would take the entire alliance to go in there and just kind of whittle this stuff down. So um, I've seen the, those types of boss battle raids in other games yes. and it's, it's a lot of fun. I have too, and I would also appreciate that. And also if we are all rewarded a little piece of Monster Tweety at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we're exactly. able to defeat him I, that is a fantastic idea i really hope that gets implemented and the the raid mentality is so fun i cannot imagine them not doing that right yeah the game is made for that <laughs> it really is <laughs> it's the perfect platform for it all right unstable gamer i will let you go thank you so much for being on this show where can people find you online yeah, absolutely. It was awesome to be here. So thank you again so much for uh, the invite. Yeah, of uh, So you, you can find me pretty much anywhere at Unstable Gamer. Uh, again, all one word, the last E is a three on Twitch, on Instagram, and on uh, Twitter. And then obviously, YouTube.com forward slash Unstable Gamer. 
Excellent. And I highly recommend all of our followers follow you and check out your channel and everything you're doing over there. It's so much fun. You get to watch along. And I mean, if you go on the Twitch, you can literally see you play the game. And it's just so much fun. And it looks like you're having a blast doing it. So that's oh, always we fun. are. Yeah. And it's the community that makes it so much fun. If it was just me there in front of a camera, well, I, I have fun doing that too. So I'm saying. It's all fun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at This Means Podcast or Twitter, This Means Pod. And you can follow our Patreon, which I'm revamping at patreon.com backslash This Means Podcast. You can follow me at The Dark Pilgrim on Twitter and just overall enjoy Looney Tunes, enjoy the game. And as you know, that's not all, folks. That'll fix that crazy cat. Now maybe I can get some sweet.